Welcome back to the Highway to Well. We're here with a very special episode with Bill Kepke from Team Early as Fuck. We're going to do a combined podcast here with Ashley Schneider, who's the executive director for MS Run the U.S. In 2010, Ashley was the 16th female to run across the country in her efforts to raise money and awareness for MS and those afflicted with MS. She then later turned this into a relay across the country to invite runners to help her continue to raise money, awareness, and expand the mission of the organization. And today, there's a relay that's halfway through, about halfway through, started in San Francisco and will end in New York. It just passed through Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 19 segments, and we're looking forward to helping her expand her reach, her message, and all the things we can learn about what we can achieve when we do it together. And then we're so see in the top left corner it says we're yep. recording, and then uh, the the audio will record to its own little file under Zoom. It'll be like a file that shows today's date, and we'll go through all of this. Okay, but yeah, and that's all you have to do remote until you edit. It's pretty. It's it's nice, isn't it? This is pretty nice. This is pretty nice. Yeah. And then um, I think. I think this will turn up her audio, maybe. Do you want me to talk? Yeah, test, Check test. my audio. Hello. My name is Ashley Schneider. I'm in Delafield, Wisconsin. So nine will control how loud she is there. So if, you're, if she's talking and she sounds quiet, mm-hmm. we'll adjust it with that one. All right, cool. I'm excited. I, now, I- is this... This is fully audio, right? Or do you guys post the video recording of need to know how official, not official, I need to be in front of my camera? <laughs> uh, I, I usually do video, but I was just going to do audio today. Okay. Me too. <laughs> I don't have video. I'm not set up for video yet. I'm not ready for the world to see that now, that awfulness. Plus, if you're going to do a video, you got to warn someone because I just got done with my workout like 20 minutes ago. That is such a common theme. Every time I podcast remotely with someone, they're like, just got done with my workout. Well, you probably uh, podcast with a lot of people who are into fitness. Sometimes. There's a few. A few. (laughs) A few. A few few hundred. (laughs) Maybe a slight theme. What was the workout? Uh, so it, the weight lifting portion was four sets of strict press four times. And then, um, the, I CrossFit regularly now. So the workout was five rounds of 21 deadlifts and 12 push press Mm. per time. I like that. Yeah, it was a good one. 
are you talking about? I like pressing. Oh, okay. I don't mind if I strict press, push press, even jerk. Just overhead squat. It's once I get out into the snatch position, <laughs> it falls apart. Fast. Well, that is a hard position. Overhead squat is probably one of the hardest movements for people in general. Thank you. <laughs> Me all, it, all it means is you have to work on your mobility. <laughs> Uh, oh. uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, like looking at his watch <laughs> so yeah podcast over <laughs> all right are we ready to hit this i'm ready all right ashley we got you here you're live in delafield and yep. ashley is the founder owner lead person in charge of ms run the u.s which is dedicated to raising awareness and funds to support multiple sclerosis research and supporting those living with disability due to MS. Did I get all that right? The only thing you got incorrectly is that I don't own it because it's a charity organization. Right. It is owned by you know, everybody that fundraises and donates and is involved with it. So that was the only trip up. But other than that, that was really solid. Excellent. And, and you are now... What state? So the relay started in April in yep. California. 19, okay. 19 stages, this relay is going across the country. Mm -hmm. Where are you now? Technically, we are in Wisconsin. So we, are, we just passed through Milwaukee. We're headed towards Chicago, and we will finish in New York on August 17th. And everything is set so that you know August 17th you're going to get the relay finished on time. Knock on wood. This is our seventh relay run across the country. We have never not stayed on schedule. It is amazing. It is absolutely amazing. And, and, and for Bill too, I, I got the chance to see Ashley in her element with the organization on Sunday morning um, with the, the person that Kelly McDonald running. She started in Dubuque, Iowa, right? Yeah, she ran from Milwaukee, Wisconsin to uh, from Dubuque, Iowa. In the heat, in the humidity. It in, was bad. <laughs> in corn. That drive sucked. I can only imagine running. <laughs> it's the sixth year that she've done, she's done it in a row. And it's always this week that she's running. It's always this humid. It's always, I mean, there's no trees on the route where she, you know, the area is really, there's a lot of trees and plush vegetation but on the highways it's kind of you're out in the sun baking so she woke up every day and wanted to be out on the road by 3 a.m to get her miles in done by 11 was her goal oh, wow. Yeah. wow for sure it's just a it, it is amazing so and each person is basically running a marathon a day for seven days six days six or seven days it varies depending on the length of the stage. So Kelly's was 178 miles to run in seven days. So she did 30 miles a day for six days. And on her last day into Milwaukee, she only had nine miles left. Wow. Wow. And uh, we'll get to chatting about some of the reasons why, but I, I can tell you seeing her cross the finish line and having known Ashley for years and seen what she's created and knowing a lot about it is completely different when you see the runner coming through the finish line and just the amount of tears and elation and happiness and, and everything that they're, they've been pushing for, for this and for you and for the organization, it definitely impacted my life in a way. It was interesting. It was, you catch a moment 
and then you remember what all this is for. It was pretty beautiful to be a part of, but so I want to talk to you about that. And I know Bill and I will have tons of questions about that, but I want to start in 2008. You're on a boat. What happened? I was how, on a big how boat. Did, <laughs> how, did MS, how did MS run the U.S. come out of, out of your, your journeys through life that far? And you're, you're, on your, you're on your cruise ship and then everything changes. Yeah. So I got my degree in exercise science. And I graduated in 2007. And my first job out of college, I got hired by Royal Caribbean to be a part of their fitness staff. So I taught rock climbing and surfing on cruise ships around the world. Mm -hmm. It was the best job of anybody that I could ever imagine. And I was uh, I was living just an absolute dream, uh, getting paid to travel around the world. So I was in Barcelona, and. At that time, I was, a, I was a runner. I'd always been a runner, but pretty casual, 5K, 10Ks. At that time, I had only done three half marathons and was not really entertaining the marathon distance, wasn't terribly interested in it. Um, and so was on just a normal three-mile run. I was doing it in the fitness center as the ship was docking in Barcelona that morning. And... I had spent probably about a year running through all of these amazing ports in Europe. And just, it was a really great way to see the cities that we were porting in. And I was working with a lot of people from around the world who were always asking me questions about America and, you know, the Grand Canyon and all these beautiful places that we have in America. And I hadn't really explored them that much. So it was this revelation that I hadn't really seen my country. So it kind of morphed into I hadn't seen America, realizing that running was a really great way to see places. <laughs> and then, um, you know, it's for any runner, you know how like your, imagine, your imagination can get away from you. So in this run, it was just easily, yeah, just kind of like, oh, it'd be really cool if to run from one city to the next and like see <laughs> these different places. And it kind of came into this line across the country. But when I really realized that it was what I was supposed to do with my life is when um, my mom had been diagnosed with multiple sclerosis before I was born and we hadn't really done any fundraising for it and we hadn't really shared what that experience was like with others. We didn't make a community out of it. We just dealt with it. I think my parents dealt with it in an amazing way. Um, but realizing that I could use my running and do a run across America to raise money and awareness for multiple sclerosis, it, it just made sense that it was what I was made for and that it was what I was designed to do and that I needed to uh, quit my job and go home and run across America and do just that. So it's so badass. <laughs> so I want to see America. I'm, I'm going to not drive, <laughs> run from city to city. I was just thinking how better off we would be from a health standpoint as a society if more people even had that thought when they go to a park because there's so mm -hmm. much cool when they travel. I have friends my age who are, they travel, they're like, oh yeah, we went to, we went to Teton or we went to Yellowstone and they drive through it. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I'm not saying most people should run to these places. <laughs> that's, that's a little, but why not? I, mean, why, I really don't want to <laughs> yeah. limit them. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just even a walk a jog, a run through some of these places, I think we'd be better off. So you it helped that I had no, no idea, no perception of how many miles it was across America. <laughs> I, was, I was also thinking as you were talking, uh, I'm like, your, your state geography or just uh, 
U.S. She geography. must be really bad at geography. <laughs> <laughs> can't be that much. Super pissed at you. Yeah. Uh, no, I Googled it really quickly, how many miles it was across America, and then it divided by 26, and I realized it was going to be 124 marathons. But I hadn't run a marathon, so I had no perspective on that either. Mm. So it was just um, – I had done half marathons and I, I figured if I had, could do, initially I thought if I could do five miles at a time, so I was going to do five miles, take a small break, do five miles. If I had nothing else to do the entire day, it made sense that I could do five miles five times each day for 124 days and make it across America without too much trouble. Um, and then it morphed into doing two half marathons a day. And that's what I ended up doing on my run across the country. So you would run through the morning into the late morning and then take a break and then run evening time? Once yep. Once yeah, I'd run. Uh, I'd wake up and be at the door at about 7 a.m. I'd be done by, um, I'd do like two to two and a half hours every morning. Um, and then I would take a break and do the remaining miles, uh, 10 to 13 after after dinner. You know, So we'd do like an early dinner around 4.30 or 5. I'd go out around 6 even later, especially in the summer when it was really hot, like it is right now in the Midwest, I would go out 8 p.m. and run till 9.30 and then sleep and do it the next day. That is, it, it is one of the, I'm sure, and as you were talking about it, is it seems like an incredibly big number, but without having any experience of what it's like to run more than like 13 miles, it's kind of like, oh, I can run 13, I can run 13 miles, 300 times. <laughs> sure, I can get it done. But I, I wanted you to tell us, though, like once you started getting into the days and after maybe a couple of weeks, how, how did you know still that you could do it? What, what did you know about yourself that let you know, like, I can actually accomplish this? Or did you have so, doubt creeping in and worrisome? Training, yeah, training for me really helped. Um, Part of that too is as I started training. So before I quit my job and moved home, I tested my physical ability to do this. So I was on a cruise ship running about three to five miles every day, you know, like let's say six days a week. Mm -hmm. um, and when this idea came to me before quitting my job, I knew I was going to have to up my miles. So I started doing uh, eight miles twice a day to see how my body would feel. I did it almost immediately. And after Ashley, I'm going to interrupt you. Is this all because I'm is this all at the ports or is this all on the boat? Both. Yep. Okay. I mean, if I could get off the boat and run in port, then I would. Um, is, dude, so I've never been on a cruise ship. Do they run on? Do you just run around like an outer deck? Or is there like a top deck? Or is there treadmills? How does that work? Both. So there's a the ship I was on had a track. I didn't run on it a ton because it was on the top deck and it was really windy and it was yeah. a circle and it was super boring. <laughs> Um, treadmill so treadmill. treadmill, yeah, there was a full oh. fitness center. So I would normally, if I wasn't in port, I would do the treadmill. Wow. That sounds like hell. Does it at least like point out to the ocean? Yeah, it is on the front window. Um, but it's, it is still hell. I don't like treadmill <laughs> running. It's not, <laughs> but you know, it was like, I just needed to know if I was capable of doing it. And that was, I just was doing what I, what had to be done in order to, yeah. to test it. And if you can do it on a treadmill, you could do it through Garden of the Gods. <laughs> right. And a lot of endurance training is the mental aspect of like, what can you endure? So mm -hmm. enduring some of the training on a treadmill, I mean, eight miles on a treadmill, it's, you know, 
just under an hour and a half of running for me. So that's not that long. You know, you can fad TVs and listen to music and watch the ocean, um, stuff like that. But I always, the whole time my mind was consumed with this concept that I was training or testing to see if I could run across America. So I was just thinking about running across America the whole time, which really occupied my mind. And so now you're in the relay, you're, you're a couple weeks in, what does it feel like that first time that you were running? What, 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 how did you feel it was going after about the first couple weeks into that first month? So are you talking about my run? That wasn't a relay, right? So right, yeah, run, so yeah, your, okay. your run, yeah, initially when you were doing it solo. I, I ran across America and had no physical injuries. I had two blisters. Um, the first two weeks, I could tell my calves were a little sore, but not anything I hadn't felt comparable to my athletic background, and I knew it was going to go away. Because you played soccer. I, was, I played Bill, soccer. Did a lot. I have to throw that in there for Bill. Yeah. Us soccer players. Yeah, so I've been a lifelong runner, started playing soccer at 12, played that through college, and in high school, I also got into weightlifting. Um, so I'm just used to being like, an athlete. Oh, what was that? Olympic weightlifting or like capital weightlifting or lower case? Olympic weightlifting. Okay. But I had, we had a really awesome strength and conditioning program in my high school that was directed more towards the football team but they opened it up to all athletes and I took it was a class that you could take and so I took this class and did Olympic weightlifting and learned how to lift well in high school and I loved it I loved doing it um and then I carried over into college when you have to weightlift and cross train to play soccer yeah multiple matches and stuff like that so does everyone just go from soccer to endurance Hell. a lot of us yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're used to running for 90 minutes you're in your you're head like, you're thinking i don't oh, need that ball i don't I, need anything i, I just run need more run. yeah i run more than a 5k in a typical game yeah. so i can do a 5k it kind of starts there and then then your friends ante up and then you trade off barbs about how far oprah can run and then ultimately you find yourself <laughs> out on a night run with a headlamp on running 50 miles <laughs> what what, what, what have life? i become what <laughs> am I? And this is a little scary. You but, get to your late twenties and you like get this little tweak on the soccer pitch and you realize like, Oh, tearing up my knee or whatever, you know, in my late twenties is really inconvenient. Yes. <laughs> so I should do less risky things. <laughs> and then we all discover CrossFit and then we throw that out the window. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think CrossFit's risky. No, it's, it's really not that risky. It's super intimidating. I get that, but it's not, it's, if you're smart, it's not risky. Stay, stay within what you can do and it's, have good coaches. It's risky for everyone on this side of the camera. She was <laughs> like, as long as you're smart, I'm looking at Derek and I'm like, hmm. I'm not so smart. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard environment to be smart in, which is why I can see it would be very risky for people. But it depends on if you have a brake pedal too. So mm -hmm. if you don't have a brake we pedal installed, <laughs> That is so true, but it's not just CrossFit. If you don't have a brake pedal in running, I've seen runners just run themselves into the ground. Like I have um, one of our past relay runners that was actually at the event this weekend. She just ran her body into the ground, and we're in the same we're the same age. She's thirty five, and she really can't run anymore because her hamstrings are just shot. As so, I've got a question for you because I hear it all. So, uh, I'm an athletic trainer, head speed and strength coach over at uh, D1 Training with Stevens Point Orthopedics. 
and people come in all the time. I have bad knees. I have bad this, that, or the other thing. Um, you know, there are a lot of them because they're kind of that age where jogging and running were huge. They're like, Oh, I was a runner as in like, that's, that's okay. That now their body is like just functionally broken. Um, do you, do you, did you have that kind of mindset where you kind of like, just, well, no, this is what happens. You're, you do these things and then you're broken at a certain point <laughs> or cause it seems to me like you, you kind of have a very different mindset going into a lot of these things, or is this something that's kind of grown? My dad instilled in me for whatever reason, he wasn't like this big time athlete, but he really instilled in me that we have one body and we need to take care of it. And that's maybe where my brake pedal has come from. I've never been injured as a runner. Um, I've never been injured as a CrossFit athlete. I had, I tore both my ACLs playing soccer. Um, that was probably just, you know, female and movement based. But when I was going through rehab with that, I did, I've, followed my pre-surgery and post-op surgery protocol to a T and I never pushed the envelope because I knew that I have one knee, you know, obviously you have two knees, but like I have one knee on each side and I wasn't going to risk cartilage or muscle damage or structural damage. Now, um, people that, you know, there's certainly different body types, which is why there's different shoe types and different types of equipment. So there's no one shoe type for every runner. There's neutral, there's um, stability, there's, you know, different drops. So there, like know what equipment works well for you because it really does affect how your body hits the ground and how your body absorbs that impact. And that affects how your knees work and how your hips work and how all of that functions together. There's also mobility factors which we talked a little bit about being able to do an overhead squat is not just strength, but there's a huge mobility factor in how your ankles work and how your knees work with how your hips work. And um, it's just all of those different factors. For me, I have, if I have like something that's sore or that I feel is tweaked, I, I do have a brake pedal and I respect that the body does have limits. And because I respect those limits, I seem to be able to do more. Um, on the flip side, I'm also in some degree blessed as an athlete. So I know I have been blessed as a runner in some capacity. And I, I, I learned that lesson not only from when I ran across America, I felt like I didn't feel like a, a special runner that I was like designed any way different. And I thought, hey, if you train properly, people can do this. Now doing organizing my relay run across the country, I see how runners are different and how people have different limits and how people have different functionalities and that those need to be respected in certain ways. And so I respect my gift more and I also respect um, where people are in their athletic abilities as well more, having worked with multiple people in this event capacity. Nice. Yeah. I know and that's, oh, you go ahead, Derek. Well, and I, and I want to point out, so, if, and so for anyone that that's listening to this too, that understands just what you took on that first time is you were the 16th female to run coast to coast across the country, that's which correct. is absolutely amazing. So, um, just want to make sure that, that we get to that before we dive into other things in the relay and continue on. So, um, but I think you're, you know, for, for us too, like as, as, um, you know, as, as an athlete converting from sport to sport, you know, I think 
all of us that play soccer go into running thinking, well, it's, it's just running. And then after a while, then you start to figure out it's there. It's not just running, but, um, but to, yeah, the combination of athleticism and then learning how to move differently. So, I mean, even for myself, having been through kind of your, some plyometric training, a lot of weightlifting, but a lot of some Olympic weightlifting, but our protocols and our programming when I was a college athlete are so different. And I can say now that through CrossFit, my functional ability has grown immensely. And I wish that I had been able to do that as a, as a teen and early 20 athlete, because mm-hmm. I think it would have helped me a lot in my endurance running pursuits at that time too, but also just overall as an athlete. So there's a deep appreciation for that functional movement. So getting back to that point, I, I definitely, I'm on the, I'm on the side that CrossFit isn't risky. There are some risky movements, but you have to stay within the framework of what you're able to do. And hopefully being, having coaches around that help you with that structure and that movement also help. Mm-hmm. So definitely. Yeah. I, I have a, so I think you kind of, you both touched on it and I'm sure definitely Ashley that this, you had some point of this. So my, my partner, Marissa and I, we've been together for uh, 10 years now and her dad has MS and he's had it for, I want to say the better part of 20 years. It might be even longer than that. But so like Marissa can remember her dad being able to carry them around, play with them, all those fun things. And then, um, kind of the things all great dads do with their kids, like Derek's stories, your Instagram stories are, you know, full of those moments. And then him being diagnosed with MS and within a very short amount of time, all of that being taken from him and her. So not, you know, going from walking to a cane, to a walker, to a wheelchair, and now in a, um, a cart and him and I kind of forming this relationship over the years and, um, just like, their, and their family too is something that, you know, they don't openly talk about kind of what's been going on and the few times or the many times I've kind of pressed Marissa on it. Um, you know, not, they're not being a ton there other than just maybe, and I'm sure it's super, I, I couldn't imagine what it would be like to talk about, but um, just this, it's made me appreciate, and we've done the walk MSs, the MS events, and um, but it's made me appreciate the fitness I have been gifted and I'm blessed with and I'm privileged with. So for me, it's like when I hear people say, Oh, I'm not a runner or I don't, you know, I don't want to work out. I don't want to be sore. Um, I I've, I've struggled to have any sort of empathy for those people (laughs) in my, in what I do for a living as a coach and as a kind of like a, a movement practitioner. So, and that's, I, I give people about, maybe two or three of those excuses. And then I, I share with them stories of uh, Greg is Marissa's dad's name of him, like him and I pounding in posts, like helping him up out of a wheelchair and him still being able to use his upper body or just all of, all of these things that he fights for every day that the average person we kind of take for granted. Mm-hmm. So I know that's, that's like a big driving force for when I do anything physical or when my training I'm, I kind of get to that point where I'm like, oh, I'm tired. It's like, well, good. Now, now go like you, you're able to push a little further. It's kind of like your responsibility to do that mm-hmm. um, as a way to, I don't know, just s- support and 
kind of give uh, respect to those people that can't. I know that's a big, mm-hmm. big driving force for me. And when uh, Derek told me about what you were doing, uh, it definitely hit home for myself, just kind of seeing what MS does to a person, especially someone who's super physically active. It's, it's terrible to watch. Yeah, that's a lot of what we do at the organization. Our relay runners that are doing 160 miles in six days, they're everyday people. And one of the reasons I created the relay, um, one of the first reasons is because I didn't hit my fundraising goal and I was embarrassed for myself about that. Um, and two, I'd met runners who said they always wanted to do something like what I was doing, but didn't have the time or the resources. And what's happened is we get everyday runners um, and through this great team atmosphere and the system that I have for the team in place as we train and we fundraise to run across the country is that I'm able to help instill in them that we can push ourselves farther and we can do more and we're doing it for a cause. And all of those things can be really life-changing in that aspect because I, I was the same way. I grew up watching my mom lose a lot of her abilities. I call it uh, growing up mortal. And it made me appreciate that I might could wake up any day and have any of these things taken away from me. Um, and it was one of the motivating things out of college is because I saw people complaining about things that were really minor in my opinion or uh, taking their fitness and health for granted. And it really motivated me to share, not only run across the country, but share who my mom was because she was losing her abilities and her independence in big ways, but she found a way to always be grateful and joyful in those moments. So I thought if she can do that, and I've met so many people that live with MS that are like that, that find a way to be grateful and joyful even though they're losing things that every, you know, that just kind of come to us as a healthy individual. So I wanted others to be, to, to recognize that, you know, awareness of where they were maybe being ungrateful and then encouraging them to push themselves further. But it's always that personal choice too. Yeah. And I think one thing that I've, I've noticed, and I think when we talk about, you know, I'm sure as soon as we start talking about running across the country and Obviously, your exceptional ability as a runner helped you do it solo, but as a relay, even still, a lot of people that are thinking about it may think that that you have what what it really is is a tribe of super athletes <laughs> that have gathered together to do something, but that's not the case. Like you said, mm-hmm. these are everyday people, and and it requires some training, but it the, a lot of and you can tell. I'd love to know like how many people. For them, this is by far and away the most, and for a lot of them, it is going to be the most they've run, but how many of them were runners prior to, or were very, I would say, low-level runners, so occasional runners, and then they've decided to do this because of some reason, be that a family member or an experience that they've had with close ones, whether it's with their spouse or partner, um, you know, you have all these different experiences, but what I've, re- what I've seen too, over the time and watching and paying attention to your, to your relay is it, it is in the embodiment of what the human spirit is capable of and the lessons that everyone is inspiring other people. And, you know, and I felt, like I said, I felt inspired again as a runner and I've done tons of races throughout my life and, and, you know, and with you and your husband, and all of our friends, I mean, that's one of the things that we do as a group of friends is, well, less today as we used to, but, 
<laughs> doing a lot of like really long distance runs. So we've been through that experience. And I can say that on Sunday when I saw the relay and, and, how, and running and running with my friends and our kids, there was something really special and different about that experience for me. And then watching your relay come into, and, and like I said, through the gate and seeing Kelly come through um, and breaking down in tears, it really, it is way bigger than just running. And it, and that yeah. explains it when you see those moments. So, um, so, and you see that on a day-to-day basis with your, with your team and with the people that these are not super athletes. They're doing something super and they're athletic and they've become athletes, but it's not as if they're just waiting around for you to say, Hey, you guys want to run across the country. Let's go do this. Yeah. They're amazing. And to put like Kelly into perspective, since you saw her finish, um, she was a triathlete. She didn't like running when she heard me speak about my run across the country at an event seven years ago. And her mom is living with MS and she wanted to be a part of it because, um, she liked the challenge of the fundraising goal. Each individual has to fundraise $10,000 to be a part of the team. And then she also was just really inspired by the fact that I ran across the country. So she felt if she, it, all she had to do was a week and that would be doable for her. So the first two years she did it, she had some crazy knee pain. She was always going to the chiropractor to like adjust this or adjust that. Um, I wasn't sure she is just super strong willed. And she, she told me I'm not stopping with your organization until we find a cure for MS. But there was part of me where I'm like, you're injured every year. Like you have intense knee pain every year. I wasn't sure if like her body was made for this and just through different, uh, workout types, working, working with a chiropractor, doing different mobility and strengthening stuff. The last four years, she's been able to do her segment without, without any pain. So it's been fantastic. Um, but she's a, um, a mom of three kids. She's a substitute teacher full-time in Illinois, and she does all of those things while training to do a marathon a day for a week straight. And she does the fundraising. So Mm -hmm. she really is like the, you know, everyday person you'd see her at the grocery store, carting her three kids around. You wouldn't think, well, that's a, that's, you know, an elite athlete, but she's done something and run more miles than most people can even fathom yeah it and it's it is a i think that human spirit is something that we could spend we we should continue to uh, definitely talk about with what you're showing that that all of us are capable of and i think you know bill and i talk about this often about the that taking on a challenge in and it's not necessarily always a metamorphosis, but it is a, accepting a challenge that requires you to think differently about yourself and take care of yourself in a better way. That that is what you that is what the people that you have running for you can do to help them and then to inspire all of those around them too. And and it's just been a it's been a joy watching it continue to grow. And you know what what is the future? What, what do you where do you want it to go in in the coming years? So the event that we have right now is called our ultra relay. What I'm looking to add to the organization so that we can grow is um, like a community run across the country. So if you imagine our ultra relay right now, it's 19 sections across the country. One person runs from one city to the next for 160 miles. What I'm looking to build is a captain taking on 160 miles with a team they want to put together 
And then that team would run, let's say, from Dubuque to Milwaukee, and they would do it within two to three days. So right now the segment takes uh, six to seven days, so we'd cut it in half. Um, and then we'd also decrease the fundraising threshold to welcome individuals that maybe don't want to train to run 160 miles in a week, and then also that are really intimidated by the $10,000 fundraising goal. Um, I want to include more runners, and there's a lot to be said that in terms of you know, bringing a community of people together to cover 160 miles for the cause. So it's going to be kind of the same format, but we as a community could run across America in, you know, less than two months. And at that rate, we could do multiple runs across the country as a community while also keeping the ultra relay as something that we do every year. And then it would be um, almost a feeder program for both ways. So if someone was interested in doing the ultra relay, eventually they could test their ability is the, in the community aspect, or we have a lot of alumni runners who either do one, two, multiple years of our ultra relay, and it's super taxing in terms of time to train and being able to consistently fundraise $10,000 every year is a huge challenge as well. So if it's something where they want to just like take a break from being a part of the ultra relay right now without the community relay, we don't have really anything for them to do. Whereas with a community relay, they could join a team, they could captain a team. It would be a really great opportunity for them to stay involved without having to commit so much time and energy towards the fundraising and the running. Yeah, that that sounds like an amazing goal. And that would be so great to see it happen. I was the the relay that we just did on Sunday in Milwaukee, we ran so teams um, could choose and to break a segment up of whatever they want and really choose any route they wanted to. But we had a start part, point and an end point. And we ran from Waukesha into um, the City Light Brewery in Milwaukee to join the MS runners and, and runner and running teams as they came through. Um, and it was, it was so much fun. It was the most fun I've had in a running event or running thing in a long time. In a Yay! Long time. In in my wife too. I mean, we we in my kids. I asked. Uh, I was asking. My son ran a couple segments with me. Um, he did his seven year old. I'm going to sprint and then I'm going to act like I'm done. <laughs> recover. Then I'm going to sprint Classic. some more. Um, but he he did quite a few. Um, he did. He ran a couple times with me. And and you know, it's, and his seven year old. I was asking him so far. You know, what's been his favorite parts of the summer? And he said that that was one of his three most favorite things. And then mostly because he got to run with a couple of my, one of my friends has a couple older boys that he worships. Yeah. So he got to run with them, but we kept telling him like, this is, this is kind of a big deal. This is very important to Ashley and, and Aaron and, and their family and their friends and, and their organization. And, you know, you don't know how much that sinks into their heads, but, um, and Keely, my daughter didn't run, but was there to see everything and cheering people on. And I, you know, that community aspect would be incredible to get involved because I think, you have like all of us that are not able as much as we'd love to say we could do a segment for you. You know, we, we just can't right now, or it just, it's, there's, there is a, a lot of other things that we could do and break it into smaller segments or be part of a team. We'd definitely find, you know, this group of people that you had would definitely be in, interested in helping. So I, I think that could only grow the message. Plus I love what it tells us about sharing that, that, achievement and that that community building part of it and 
for something bigger than us, which we're always, I know I'm always trying to talk to my kids and even the kids that I, I coach at the high school level is to always recognize that you're part of something bigger than you and you respect that and you pay attention to all the things that you can achieve and, and go to make ourselves better. And I think you would, I would love to see you get there with that. That would be amazing. Yeah, the community, the relay that you participated in on Kelly's last day turned out I was more fun than I, what I had. I didn't know. Um, so to give listeners an idea, it was this, um, it's really out of, I think a little out of the box. So it was this out of the box idea where I would have a check-in point and then the, the finish point was basically 16 and a half miles away and you could take whatever course you wanted in between. You basically check in. There was no chip timing. There were no water stations. There were no t-shirts. There were no trophies. Um, it was a super low registration price point for races, which I thought was kind of nice because it's like you register for a 5k, it's like 45 bucks and there's, you know, 5k's we've tried them with our event and they're a dime a dozen. Um, and there's a pretty high cost involved with putting them on. So this was like, there was no cost with putting them on. I knew the owner at Mama D's where we checked in in Waukesha. I knew the owners at City Lights, they both donated the spaces um, there was no cost in terms of like making sure there was water on the route. It was, you know, I, I hope very informative, like to the runners that registered, like, Hey, you got to bring your own water. You got to crew yourselves. You come up with a route that you want. Um, and, and because it was this, there was no official route. We didn't have to permit anything in between. Um, and so seeing the runners come across the finish line in Milwaukee, it was super fun it gave something for you guys to do rather than just like, Hey, come to the brewery and have some beer and then watch this clap as this runner comes across the finish. It was like, we were standing that finish line for an hour before Kelly came through cheering on all of the running teams that were coming through. It was really, for me, it was a really good time. And I, I felt like a lot of people had a good time as well. So it turned out, turned out really well. And it was a good, um, I've been thinking a lot about it. Like, okay, how do we do the, more of this uh, while keeping people safe, which is really important to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different obstacles, but if you could find a way, and even if it started small with things like this that are um, one day team focused events and then just keep expanding it, I, I, I think you would find a lot of people that'd be willing to help because all of your runners are inspiring us. Your message is inspiring us. You continue, all of your work continues to inspire us. And all of us we want to be involved in those things. You know, I, I say all of us, like everyone out there is like <laughs> waiting to run for something. But I, but I think if, if you're, if you can choose and you can choose the different parts and, and like for even among all the group of us, I don't even know how many of us ran in our group, but I mean, there wasn't, there wasn't like, there was no elite type of running. Like, you know, like Ashley said, this isn't a chip timed event of any kind. So you can, run a few blocks or you can run a mile or you can run two miles mm -hmm. and you can run with people. I got a chance to, to talk to one of my best friends who's been in Mexico teaching in Mexico. This might be, that may have been the only 20 minutes that we really had a chance to chat about things and our kids and everything. So for us, it's, it's getting together and being a part of something bigger, but then in our own, in, in those interpersonal relationships is rebuilding all of those things. And I think all of us, as we get older, we're craving moments. So if I have to run to do it, I'm going to, but because it's part of what my, my team wants me to do and gives me a chance to hang out with people that I love in the world the most. So, so I, I really, 
I hope you, I hope it happens. I mean, it will. I generally, I've been talking about it for a couple of years now. Um, I have a good idea of how we're going to lay the foundation for it, but this is one of those things where it is a bigger animal. Uh, right now, I just have to manage 21 runners in a relay across the country and the logistics are already ironed out. Um, I think we did maybe three or four relays across the country before I started having children. So that obviously throws a different factor into it, having two toddlers and I have my third that's due in October. Um, so that, that changes, you know, my time and availability to just sit down at my computer and logistically coordinate things. Um, but I know we're, we already have some few things like we're going to test out. So I'm going to do a community run from Dubuque to Milwaukee. I'm thinking next year sometime as like a trial run to see how it'll piece together in, in a run across the country as a community. Um, there have been organizations that have run, community races across America before too. So I want to connect with them and see, it's all about like what, what kind of things are going to pop up that um, are unpredictable that I might be blind spots for me right now. Um, but generally speaking, the runners that have come to MS Run the US as an organization, first I'm, I feel like I'm pretty transparent with um, one expectations that I have for myself and for the team and two vice versa. So I like to be, I like to communicate where we're at, maybe where some things fall through the cracks. So I, I feel like people are generally, if they're running for the organization, they're in the loop. Um, so I, I would keep that moving forward. But, um, what I found is that people love this concept of being a part of a team that is tra traversing the country. And so when we do the community relay, um, I feel like we'll keep that, you know, we'll, it'll be something we have cultural values within the organization that we pass down to the captains that will pass down to the teams and like things might not go perfectly, especially for the first team that does a community relay. It will be this, we're going to do the best that we can, but some things might pop up that are unpredictable. And if people know that they're aware that something might pop up as long as we're keeping everybody safe, then you know, just being flexible with whatever it is because it's for charity, then we generally speaking, I don't get too much um, backlash for something that might not go perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's uh, running any kind of event, as you know, um, and, and I, I was involved here in starting a couple of 5Ks and they've managed to have life beyond my involvement with them. And our walk Wisconsin was kind of the same concept where we're just trying to do something where try to minimize the amount of work involved, but get the most of people involved. And, and it's a non-competitive type environment. So you draw tons of people into that because of that. But I can't imagine, you know, how many obstacles running from Dubuque to Milwaukee alone. Um, but that, that too is, that may be a good place to get it started because of your familiarity, obviously with the great state of Wisconsin and mm -hmm. it's fairly safe this time of year, other than a few thunderstorms here and there. So, um, well, the thunder is not what I'm afraid of. It's the cars. Yeah. That's was, true. I mean, we're running on highways. Um, there's a lot so of driving from Illinois coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, there's cars and it's every worry that every runner has when they leave their front door, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, I'm running on a highway. You got to pick highways that, um, you know, you feel safe running on. Um, but also there's just people you don't know out there. Um, I've found that 
you know, 99.9% of people are awesome. They're giving, they want to come out and help out. And then there's just that like one weirdo that alters how you feel about, you know, something that you might be doing or the safety of this or that. So, um, that's the, that's the only, that's what I think about the most in terms of like, how do we get people involved that we keep them as safe as possible? Well, knowing that like, anytime you leave your front door, there's risk involved. That's true. That's true. And I wanted to, I want to give you a chance also, I know we talked a little bit about the fundraising and what, what is happening there, but um, what, where does the, how are you helping and how, how has that gone for you? I know you said, after the first relay, when you did it solo, that you felt a bit embarrassed about the amount of money that you had raised through that. And, and that was one of the reasons probably for the expansion and continued expansion is the more people involved, the more money you can raise. So let's, let's chat a little bit about what is it, what are you doing with it? So when I ran across the country, I set a goal to raise $500,000 and I had raised 56,000, which is not a small amount for one individual, but when you set a goal of 500,000 <laughs> and I was thinking, I just ran across the country. What more do you need to do to raise half a million dollars? Um, I was, uh, yeah, I was just disappointed. It felt really anticlimactic when I finished in New York because I wasn't ever concerned that I couldn't run across the country. I knew physically I could do that. The fundraising was the the bigger goal. So while I was doing my run, I realized that I would need to, um, that I could possibly get other people involved and use their networks to do fundraising as well. So, um, so that's where the first relay team came into play. That year we raised $136,000. Um, initially the organization, we gave all of our donation all of the money to research through the National MS Society and as we've grown we've expanded our mission so the mission for the organization is threefold the first is awareness of what MS is which I'd love to talk a little bit more about um, then we help people that need financial mobility equipment or assistance that can't that can't fund things themselves so like a wheelchair a ramp a bathroom modification, something that will help them live better with MS right now, mobility-based. And then we also help fund research programs directed around MS that are specifically focused on how nutrition affects MS and then how uh, activity and mobility affects someone while living with MS. So those are the three areas, our awareness of financial aid and the research aspect of it. Um, and that's what we, that's where the money goes. That's what our what our runners are fundraising for. I love our board because it helps me stay focused on those three areas. Cause if I, if I could choose, I'd probably just dump all of the money into the financial aid stuff because it's like, I meet these people and we are affecting their life right now. And it just like has captured my heart. And I just want to give there's, we have a budget for it. Obviously we can't just keep giving, you know, so we have a budget, of uh, $35,000 every year that we can help fund individual requests. And we partner with the National MS Society and a couple other organizations on funding these requests because the requests are anywhere from $1,000 up to $25,000 for one request. Um, and so I'm just like a bleeding heart when I read these stories. I'm like, let's just give them all the, you know, I want to fund everything, um, but there's, there's, no real 
limit right now to these needs that are coming in. So, um, so I love the board helps, helps me stay focused on the bigger picture of other things that we care about too. Cause I just, when I, when I know there's an individual out there that could live better if they had something, it breaks my heart. Yeah. So talk to us about awareness and, and what MS is and what you'd like to share too. So there's such a variety of how it affects someone when they're diagnosed. So we've had runners that are living with MS that have participated in our relay. They can run a marathon a day for a week straight. And that is, you know, above normal human abilities and they are living with MS. So if you know someone with multiple sclerosis that's been able to do our relay event, you'd think, oh, well, how, how bad can the disease really be? You meet someone like my mom who was diagnosed, she was pretty good for the first seven years and then started to, it, it affected her mobility. Um, she started to have poor fine motor skills, cognitive dysfunction, uh, speech, you know, her, her ability to hold on a conversation. And the reason that it's so broad is because it's a autoimmune disease. So your body's own defense system attacks the brain, the spinal cord and the optic nerve, which is the central nervous system. So wherever your body is attacking your central nervous system, that's how the MS is affecting you. So someone could have uh, something called optic, optic neuritis. So it'd be like blurred vision, blindness from MS. Um, I've known people that have had hearing dysfunction. It really affected my mom's throat. So like her speech was changed. Um, she ended up passing from pneumonia because of her body's ability to direct saliva down the correct way. So, um, you know, there's a lot of different ways that it affects people. And I, I want people to know that it's a disease worth donating towards and finding a cure for because, you know, I've known people as young as 12 being diagnosed with MS all the way up to, you know, 65 and older, and it can really affect and change how that person can live their life. And um, a lot of the symptoms are very painful. And those are things that you can't see. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that I've I've seen with the people, you know, yourself and some of my other friends. And, you know, I feel fortunate that in my immediate family, MS isn't something that has been an issue for us, but I've seen it and it and it is it is a really challenging um piece because of the different different ways that your body um can be overcome with it. And what it can mean and how quickly someone can be debilitated when they were functioning fairly normal over a mm -hmm. period of time. I've, I know I've, I've worked with a couple of people in the wellness field um, who were presenting. I uh, had one of my keynote presenters one year and the next year he could hardly stand. Um, and it was just a, an onset within just a few month period of time from the last time I saw him as a vibrant keynote speaker in front of 1500 people to barely being able to um, walk around and spent quite a bit of time in a wheelchair. And so, I mean, it's, there's different things that, um, that it, how it manifests itself that makes it so much more important for, you know, you and your, in what you're doing to try to great, to really raise awareness for all of us who um, can be confused by it. Um, yeah. I think even people that have it, it can be really confusing because there's um, the, 85% of people that are diagnosed have something called relapsing remitting. So you have a relapse of your symptoms and then they go away. Um, 
the relapse could last a day, it could last months, it could last years, and then the symptoms disappear for you don't know, a day, weeks, months, years, whatever it might be. Um, and so next time you see that keynote speaker, he may be walking fine again. Um, and it's super confusing, um, which I think if I, if I had the disease, waking up every morning not knowing what my abilities might be, that is really daunting. Um, and so I, it's one of the ways that I think about how amazing my mom was, respecting her and her abilities to wake up every morning and just feel grateful and joyful in those moments, no matter what her abilities were. That is just an ultimate challenge and can put life into a totally different perspective. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I'm, it's, I've got it's, so yeah. many emotions right now. Um, one thing I wanted to um, ask the two, so the Derek, you kind of touched on it, give, uh, giving people a reason to run. Um, I think a lot of people are kind of waiting for that why, that moment that kind of either spurs us to action or gives us a kick in the ass. And like I'm feeling it right now, I want to go run. I very rarely have that feeling. <laughs> um, <laughs> but kind of your both of your perspectives perspectives as adults, parents, um, working professionals. For you, like, I think this other program you're talking about, not the, I'm blanking on, the, so the community relay, yeah. correct? Versus the ultra relay. Right. Mm -hmm. This community relay sounds like a great idea for kind of getting all of these people that are affected by MS, the, the people that are, you know, personally, uh, like myself brought to just emotion and both anger, resentment and gratitude for the people we love that are afflicted with this, but it gives us kind of an actionable recourse for those emotions. That's more obtainable, I think, for a lot of people. Not to say that, you know, challenge isn't good. I think having that $10,000 um, requirement and um, this commitment to run a marathon a day for a week straight is also something great to have for people to kind of aspire to. So, yeah, I, you know, I think, yeah, we, we always touch up upon this, you know, when we're talking about, especially in the, when you start talking about athleticism of any kind, and I mean that as doing a walk for something up to a full out CrossFit competition, everyone there's something in there that's making that's that's the impetus for that that action and you know and for for us it's you know a lot of that is if you're going to do something and, and push your body you have to have resiliency and that resiliency hinges on what is your why and have you figured that out because if you haven't figured that out and i've been in that where i've been in the middle of a run and i just tore off my tag and said, I'm done. And <laughs> I realized on the way home, like I didn't really have a why, like I really, and then you start getting, and then I, obviously I go through self-loathing and who have I, what have I become? I'm, I'm ridiculous. I need to do something else. But I mean, but those are the things that those are the, in very microscopic and very deeply personal ways that get people to act on something is that there's a why. And so like a community event based around MS is, going to speak to a lot of people on a level and then like as Ashley has seen with her runners like it it makes you do it so 
when you're in pain, you're still doing it. Mm-hmm. When you're hurt and your knee is swollen, you're going to go through all the steps to get back out on the road because getting on the road means you're helping push the mission. You're helping push your worldview of how you want to understand what you can do and in, in your own way, in that deeply personal way is that's your resiliency talking. That's, that is your, that is, you're making yourself stronger in, the, in those moments. So that's, that's what I love about, about what Ashley is doing and, and for the, in the modeling of what, what we're capable of everyday runner, everyday people becoming runners to doing something that helps raise awareness at a, at a much greater level for all of us that, like I said, I mean, I, I can read and I know from experience, you know, with, you know, here too, and Ashley is I, I'm fully aware of what MS is, but I don't understand it deeply because I, unless I've seen it with friends or, you know, other people, like I said, like I, I haven't had to wake up every day and care for someone with it or, um, or anyone in my immediate family. So I have, I'm very, I'm learning and empathetic towards the experience of others like you that helped me understand. And it gives, like I said, like I, I was more emotional about running in this relay and very excited about life in general than I've been in a long time doing a running event. Mm-hmm. And so that speaks to the power of it. Well, I think part of it too, I'm a huge advocate for anchoring yourself to something that is serving others uh, in a need. And, you know, there's a million different great causes out there. I don't, you know, claim that MS is the only cause worth, you know, running or doing something for even people aren't runners, they can, you know, swim, they can just do something um, using your skill and ability for, for the betterment of others. There is there is definitely, I, I feel that's what we're made for. Um, and I feel very blessed that I found it early on in my life because naturally, as many of us, um, I am, you know, self-centered and self-focused. And I think, you know, maybe that, that statement, I've said that to people and it surprises them because of what I've created, but I don't, I don't wake up every, every morning, like, you know, just, bouncing out of bed and like super like this is the best job in the world and I get to do this I feel that way about it a lot of times but you know you had said self-loathing and worthless I'd be like there are so many days where I'm like what am I even doing with my life and you just kind of question like are you doing the right thing for the right whatever it might be um and then I imagine that sitting on a beach would be way more fun than you know organizing a run across the country every year. Um, so it is, I, I feel challenged every day by doing this organization. I feel challenged to be a better person and I'm a better person for our runners and for the organization. And I feel so grateful that I have that because I know, um, I feel good that it's not for me. And I, I, I know that I'm being pushed to be a better version of myself for not only just like for our mission, but um, I really, me personally, as the executive director, I organize the charity for the runners because of that experience of using your skill and abilities for others. Um, I know what that does. And in turn, because I can 
coach people in a way to do that, we now have, you know, different avenues where we can help things like, you know, funding financial aid and research. So, but I, my commitment is to the runners and to them getting the most out of this experience. Yeah. I, I, I like to think that we're all vulnerable, but capable and somewhere in between there is where we find what the reasons why we do what we do. And hopefully it gives us that fulfillment experience and no matter how hard or like you said like some days it feels impossible or you just don't feel like you're getting anywhere but that anchoring of of our life into things that matter beyond us and tie into a greater good for something usually gets us through each of those days um Mm -hmm. that's what i that's what i love about about what you're doing um and speaking of vulnerability how do you how do you manage chafing when you're seven <laughs> days? Uh, wear the right clothes. <laughs> um, uh, what is it called? Body glide. Um, so the most chafing I really have ever gotten would be like under my underarms or on my bra line, and I found that body glide pretty much knocks that out fairly quickly for me. I know my husband, Aaron, he has to do the band-aids on the nipples thing, which I know a lot of guys do. Um, (laughs) But I have, uh, there was, I did a 100 mile race once and I generally don't, I like to wear the least amount of clothing as possible, which means, which means I fit really well within the CrossFit scene. Um, (laughs) But as a ultra runner, um, it was, I think it was in June or July in Ohio. um, And I ended up, wanting to run in my sports bra, but I had a hydration backpack that I put on, um, not knowing how bad it was chafing my back. Mm -hmm. And I was rubbed raw, like the two muscles that parallel the spine were just, there was no skin on it. Um, it was really bad. Uh, when I took my pack off, Aaron got really worried about me going in the shower because he's like, just, we got to, take some pain meds before you go in the show. Um, so I've certainly been subject to stupidity when it comes to chafing. Um, but generally speaking, if you get a, you get a mark that, you know, it's going to pop up, just put some body glide there. (laughs) Yeah. I think Aaron brought some when he realized that I'm not smart about how to defeat chafing. So he, (laughs) I think he gave me, he gave me one just out of sympathy and empathy for my pathetic state runs we were doing uh it was fun to learn um when Aaron and I started dating he had told me uh maybe this is TMI but I didn't know that like a lot of guys chafe in their um like their butt crack oh that's the worst (laughs) worst. I never I didn't know that like I don't chafe I don't know a lot of women I'm pretty sure women don't um so I was just like, <laughs> I saw him before a race once putting Bloody Glide there. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a real thing. And that's a real Aaron, thing. I'm, I can see Aaron making a meal out of it too. But, <laughs> but it, it 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 is legit and it is a concern of anything more than I would say like eight or nine miles. If you're mm-hmm. running, oh, if God, you're starting to get into crazy. like a, past the 10K, you have to start thinking about it. If you're on a half marathon and you're not doing it, then I don't know. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> this time of year, I wear compression shorts year like all season. Like once it starts to get this hot and this humid, even just coaching, if I'm like thinking about my day, I'm like, I've got to walk for a certain amount of time. Compression shorts. I have to. 
Otherwise, uh, everything chafes. It's bad. Maybe that's maybe that's the old soccer players. I know it's like none of us think of compression shorts. <laughs> like some floppy pair of soccer shorts oh, that no just way. get caught everywhere. I, was, I never chafed as a soccer player. There was just too no. much. I mean, you ran a bit, but then you kind of stood around a bit too. I think the lateral movement kept your shorts there. Loose. You go <laughs> straight. A little airflow. Little up, little down. Yep. Then then that gets bad. bad. It's bad. So I'm glad we got that answered. That <laughs> so let me ask you this. So you're on, you're, you're running and you're, you're a month in, how have your music tastes changed or what are you listening to when you're out running days and days on end? When I ran across the country? Sure. Mm-hmm. You're going to hate this answer. No, probably won't, but. <laughs> uh, I don't really listen to music when I run. So um, only really when I'm bored or like really unmotivated would I put on something just to kind of have something going on in my head other than the fact that I was like bored or unmotivated. But generally speaking, part it kind of ties into I was really appreciating that I that I was running across the country, that I had the ability to, and that I was seeing all of these new places and knowing that someone like my mom couldn't do something like that. I just like went out the door and took in whatever, whatever the day brought towards me. And I was seeing someplace new every day. So, you know, there are some days that were boring, but generally speaking, and I'm not a good DJ. Like when I put a playlist together, I really need Aaron's help. Um, And before I met him, it was just whatever was the popular thing on the radio. And then that would be my playlist for like two years. It was really, I'm a really sad DJ. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Yeah, I, I think I would love to be listening to Sigur Rós as I'm running through the mountains of Colorado. <laughs> I think that would be an other out of my body experience to hear. But not but Billy Joel. I would not. I would <laughs> not be listening to Billy Joel. <laughs> I usually like kind of heavier, like weightlifting type music. So I don't know. I grew up listening to like Metallica and. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose, and that would get aggressive if you're out running <laughs> through the yeah. of Iowa and you're listening to Metallica. That could be a pretty dark place to go to. Isn't that the point? Just get it done faster when you're listening to music is just yeah. to get like raged up and running hard. Yeah, I, I suppose. I, I don't think I could listen to Poison running across <laughs> a long distance, but I could throw in some cigarettes or some my morning jacket or something that has like 10 minute songs that last forever you just need three of them like three songs to get pretty much the, the entire run then i'm done yeah. take a rest so ashley what what else what how how do we want to wrap this up to let you tell us about the things that you've learned how you feel about not only just the relay, but just where things are going with all of this and, and how, what it's meant to you to see the energy and enthusiasm of the people around you. That's a loaded question. How do I wrap this up? <laughs> I saved that one. <laughs> I thought we were going to talk about breakfast. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, yeah, we forgot. Bill's, yeah, I don't know if you, I, I need to make sure that you start following Bill because Bill will post everything he actually eats I'm still not convinced he eats all of it <laughs> because it is an amazing amount of food and it looks so good. And every time I see it, I feel awful about my, my current cooking skills. <laughs> cooking in between like 52 things. 
Uh, that's awesome. No, um, so to wrap, I don't know, you know, for me, uh, personally, it's really been, um, more of a, like a spiritual journey for me, uh, since, since realizing I wanted to run across the country and creating the charity, it's been, uh, a real relationship that has grown and developed with me and my maker. And I've seen that a lot with the people that are involved with what I do. Um, they're in search of something. They're in search of something bigger than themselves. They're in search of wanting to use their abilities to help others. And it's all interconnected with how well we take care of ourselves, how well we're willing to uh, challenge and uh, challenge ourselves and maybe be afraid, um, and how much we're willing to push outside of that comfort zone to connect with others and to really um, discover what you know what we've been put here for and that that reads differently for a lot of people but if I could wrap anything up it would be to encourage people to really explore that journey and that journey is not discovered within your comfort zone yeah I think we we Bill and I could do probably a podcast a day about the value of fear and failure and and motive in motivating yourself through I don't want to say anxiety in a way that asks mental health questions, but that anxiousness of whether or not you can do something and being pushed to do it and what's pushing you and, and diving into that, that whole inter that existential journey of yourself. So what does it mean to exist and how am I using what I have to experience life in, in ways and, and that is so different for everyone, but it's also not different philosophically. It's still a journey. So whether it's you're in the CrossFit gym and you're trying to, to get through a 21, 15, 9 workout that you think is going to kill you, um, that could be also someone going for their first one-mile walk that they've done in 10 years. And it's no different on the inside, but we celebrate that because that achievement means something in, a, in that bigger way. So um, mm -hmm. you're your message rings loudly here in the walls of our team early as fuck and <laughs> highway to well journeys to <laughs> figure ourselves out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really what my journey has been about. So it's good. And I'm looking forward to your, your putting together your book about this journey and what it means. And so, um, we'll writing a memoir right now. Yeah. So it's been very, it, that has been cool. Um, and been something I've been really happy with. So nice. good. And how, what's the calendar look like for you for that? Um, so I should be done with writing the content of the manuscript by the end of the summer before my third is born. I'm working with an editor right now. And what we're working on simply is making me the best writer that I can possibly be. So we'll get the manuscript out and then we're going to have to revise a whole bunch of stuff. And then at that point, I will put a proposal together to get a literary agent to get it published. So if you had asked me when I started writing like a year and a half ago, I would have said the book would be done in three months. And now um, I've learned that I knew the writing, like I knew the book publishing was going to take longer, but I thought I was going to be able to like slam out the writing. Um, but it, it really is a skill that I've enjoyed. I've enjoyed this process a ton. I really like writing. And so probably start to finish, it might be closer to like four years, mm. which is pretty common with a book. Yeah. Nice. Well, we'll, we'll keep tabs on that. And mm -hmm. when you, when you're getting closer, 
bring you. You back. won't have to keep tabs. I will shout it from <laughs> the mountain when it is when it's done and force you to buy it. <laughs> yes, that's that's fair. Done. That's fair. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time today. I, um, you've inspired a lot of us, and and I and I think you're what you're doing is wonderful and helpful in a lot of ways. And and I know we continue to talk about all of us being doing stuff to make us better. And what does that mean? And, and it doesn't have to be as epic in a way as it, as it need, as it can be for you. I mean, everyone has their epic journey, but like you said, you have everyday people doing something that sounds incredibly difficult, but they put it all together and it is something really amazing. So thank you. And we'll, we'll post the website too when we, when we send this out so people can get in touch with your organization and see what you're doing and keep tabs on the relay as it gets closer to New York here and ends up. Thanks for having me. I've really enjoyed this conversation. All right. We'll chat soon. Later, Ashley. Nice to meet you. Bye. Nice to meet you. Bye. Bam. You hit stop.